Dear Brambling, it's Uncle Luke here. So today on the podcast, I've actually got a very special guest. She is my cousin and uh, our grandmas are sisters and uh, her name is Sarah Helton and she is the oldest of our cousins generation. Sarah is a very talented artist. She is also a dancer, Reiki practitioner, anxiety counselor, sound bath practitioner, yoga instructor, personal trainer, health and wellness, lovely being of light. She says that so long as she is alive, her education and the list of things that she'll be able to do will keep going on. Today on the podcast, however, Sarah and I get into a very special conversation about bravery and courage and what it means to show bravery and courage. We talk about what gets in the way of being courageous and being brave. We talk about some examples of when we had to be brave. I should also say that this is another conversation that I had to heavily lean on my book called Atlas of the Heart. Uh, If you want to get yourself a copy, pick it up wherever you find books. I just want to send a wholehearted thanks and gratitude message to Sarah for coming onto the show and for being uh, a volunteer and just for the really incredible conversation. I felt really connected with you. I'm going to remember this for a really long time, so thank you so much, Sarah. So without any further ado, let's just dive into that conversation. I can't wait. We'll see you there. Hello, Sarah! How's it going? Hello! Going well. Yeah. Going. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's It's been a day for sure. So um, I just wanted to say thank you for coming on to the podcast today. That's, uh, I feel so honored to have a volunteer and having someone come on. So thank you. Yeah, my honor and pleasure. I'm very excited to connect and um, learn with you. Yeah, it's going to be a fun journey for sure. Today, we were hoping to go into talking a little bit more about bravery and courage which uh, I, that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be a roller coaster. And I do love roller coasters. So, <laughs> <laughs> but before we begin, I wanted to give you the floor and you can take as long as you'd like, but I would love to hear a bit about your story. Yes. I was curious about that starting from the day I was born or the story uh, of my courage and bravery. <laughs> I, yes. Okay. Both. Or I like... It, it's all really up to you. Like, I just, uh, I want to give you the floor. If you want to tell a story, if you want to tell the story of your life, if you want to tell the story about courage and bravery and what that means to you, that's cool too. But I like to open up that space for you to just, you know, introduce yourself. Who are you? Uh, what's your spiel? And um, so, yeah, who's Sarah Helton? Tell me more. Okay, this is an interesting time to ask me that question <laughs> because I am basically like an it's a new rebirth or a reinvention and perhaps that happens many times in our life but most recently I feel resonating or I'm unlearning so many things to relearn new things and that includes who I am and also losing who I thought I was. It's difficult to articulate now that I'm trying but it's someone may equate it to an ego death which I feel 
I don't know how if it really dies, but it definitely dissolves or puts up a fight or becomes mm. a little bit less of a, a superpower in the way we're living in our lives. Mm. So who I am is a person, a human being, a mother, a daughter, a friend, a person on planet Earth that knows their one of their main purposes and passions of the heart is to be a North Star or a beacon of light and support and a resource, a rainbow bridge. I've been calling myself that a lot lately mm -hmm. of love, a love for as an example to deepen self-love and a love for humanity in general and kind of embodying that frequency as much as possible. Mm. How did I arrive to this realization? I feel I've always had that. And mm -hmm. since I brought up the rainbow bridge, I'll go, I'll go with that cute little story. I'd like to hear <laughs> it. Tell me about it. Uh, so yeah, rainbow bridge. I, as a child would love to draw. And I remember drawing rainbows all the time and using every color because I, loved the way it looked and I believe I loved the way it made me feel and there might be more meaning to that soul connection but uh, I was very close to my dad's dad uh, grandpa Jerry mm -hmm. but I don't know how that would have happened because I, I didn't know him except for very briefly when he was on his way out and I was just newly coming in and mm -hmm. uh, this is perfectly timed because I know on his grave there is um, a rainbow and he was known as, he, he loved the song, The Rainbow Connection. And I've heard that a lot in my life that uh, I was identified like as a rainbow or a, a bright multicolored or vibrant soul. Yeah. And I think that might be a meaning why I came at that time is to really bring, to s distract or help heal or bring like the promise of innocence back into the family and to the earth or and to myself mm. and i've just recently moved and i was telling this story and i do these um ceremonies and and we have what's called angel practice where we practice singing to hold space for people and healing and a person there uh his name i won't omit so it's anonymous but he started seeing the rainbow connection and there's no way he would have known this story and then I told my dad about that because I was really re reminiscing and connecting with my uncles a little bit more and different roles of all these people that are really supporting me in, in healing and, and growing in my life. And my dad said, well, when was that? And I said, it was Tuesdays and it was two days before. And he said that his wife had said, turn off the TV and go get your guitar and play. And he said, she's not, she's never done that. It's been two years since I picked up a guitar. And he said he played that song, same song, the same night at the same time. So little things like that keep happening. And then I had some other healings where they were explaining to me, like, please keep going on your path. I know you feel confused or you feel like you're untethered or not sure of your next step, or it feels like almost crazy to start be starting some kind of business that really doesn't exist. This ties into courage and bravery, mm -hmm. but that you're the rainbow bridge. So please know that in your heart and it will make more sense as you keep going and and more people come into your life and then i was explaining this story to two friends in my new house and, and we were exploring a trail behind my house and we were crossing a bridge i hadn't been there yet and my friend goes this is the rainbow bridge and i thought oh it's cute he's listening but then he looked he pointed and it's like no it says 
rainbow bridge on the bridge. And it just kind of ties all these magical things together. It could be my higher self or something or, or my spirit guides or guardian angels or whatever resonates with people. But I feel like those little things, those magical little moments are so comforting to show you like, yeah, you're, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. You're not mm -hmm. late. You don't have to be doing more or less. You're just, you're supported and held in this, this moment of just existing. So yeah, I'm a human existing. I'm Sarah and um, I love being a mom yeah. so much. It's my favorite and most honorable role, I think in this human life. Mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying falling in love with me with me again and I'm getting emotional about that yeah so, <laughs> and I remember drawing these rainbows as a child and my mom I, I she'd probably be so upset if I said this but I remember her saying like stop drawing so many rainbows I think what she meant is like you can try and draw other things you're so good at art but it hurt at the time mm. uh, and I think it's it shut down a, a gift that I had for a while mm. until I, I'll, I, I'll get back to what I'm I'm doing now but I was reminded that another friend I went to school with, like she had a scrapbook from when we were in kindergarten and we were all supposed to draw black and white for Halloween. But she showed me my picture and she's like, you did even every letter a different color and everything a different color way back then. And um, there was a time of my life where I made the, the hardest decision I ever made to um, end the family dynamic I just no longer, I felt very scared and, and full, just living in full of fear mm -hmm. and not, not able to function. I hated everything, uh, myself, especially. Oh. And, um, I chose that as a step towards creating a more safe space for my children and growing more as a human yeah. during that time, or just shortly after going through a lot of court and, and challenges there was like, I had a very secure job at the time mm -hmm. and I had, I was excited about a new job opportunity or like project I was working on over the weekend. I ended up losing the job or I say now it was moved out of the way, but I, I it felt like a loss at the time, but that morning I had bought a camera yeah. and I just said to myself and I wrote it myself a note, like I can make something out of nothing. Mm -hmm. That is true security. And I, started my path of becoming an entrepreneur and pursuing like getting back into my art and drawing and and letting that piece of me out again and and having that deep sense of healing arts so that started my journey with developing different modalities to help heal myself to help understand why my brain is the way it is how it got into these different cycles and patterns of thinking and relationships and how i show up in the world and really taking full accountability for that and it that is a long journey it might take many lifetimes but what i'm learning recently like yeah i've come so far i have so far to go it doesn't have to be disappointing because i'm infinite i'm an infinite being and i got infinite time if that's true <laughs> wow wow you know your story is making me think of something and i'm just gonna do a little like a uh, backstory for those who are listening we are cousins right and mm -hmm. our uh, grandmas on our dad's side are sisters, right? That's how we're related. And you're talking about your grandpa, Jerry, and, you know, you got to know him towards the end of his life, and he got to know you towards the beginning of yours. And were, were you technically, like, the first of 
like the cousins generation essentially yes in a family you were right Mm -hmm. and there's a parallel here that i'm noticing is that you know this podcast is dedicated to my nephew who i think is actually well no that's actually that's not true he's the first of our the benoit like brendan and i he's the first of our new little generation there but i guess your children were the first of uh the next generation there weren't they oh yeah they were i got shivers when you said that how wild right i can't wait for them to meet (laughs) right and something that i was talking about with amber the other day was that desmond to me represents a clean slate for Mm -hmm. our family he represents the next generation and he represents my legacy Mm -hmm. he's the person who's going to receive all this information and all this love and one thing that i want him to know that is undeniable is how much we love him regardless of what happens this podcast exists because we love him and we love everyone who comes up next in the generation so it's just interesting like you're the rainbow bridge and that the rainbow bridge is still going out throughout this generation and yeah yeah i might just be the color red and now we're all different colors (laughs) i've got blue hair so maybe i'm blue i don't know wow that's uh really so like uncle mitch and they they played the rainbow connection the same time yeah oh my gosh what is the odds of that that's just i think yeah let's just from all the things the more work the healing work i'm doing and the more i connect to realms that are not very visible in the 3d Mm -hmm. little things like that happen i think to reassure me and not not to lose faith in the unseen and in and in creator or god or or even in myself and to know like time is almost non-existent like these things can happen there's a higher magic at play yeah it was (laughs) um last april i got a call from my mom and uh i was off to a little dance practice and um she says okay luke so tomorrow we're going to edmonton we're driving to edmonton your grandma, her mom, she's uh, she's on her last week of living. Oh my! And um, we're we're just dropping everything. We're going, and I'm like, what am I gonna? What? <laughs> how am I gonna do that? I can't just like get time off work. I can't just. How do I do that? And she's like, we're gonna just figure it out. It's gonna happen. But we're going tomorrow. So pack your bags. And um, that was a very surreal and tough moment for sure. I don't know. The Rainbow Connection song is making me think about the time I spent with her sitting next to her on her on her bed and she could barely open her eyes she could barely open or move her her arms and she couldn't speak and I just decided to sing her this song called time adventure (laughs) from adventure time and every time I think about that song I think of my grandma and something that's really lovely about the lyrics about that song is that it goes time is an illusion that helps things make sense so we're always living in the present tense. It seems unforgiving when a good thing ends, but you and I will always be back then. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. beautiful. Right? Mm-hmm. And you know, that song creeps into my head a lot. And then mm-hmm. I'm just, I just think, hi, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how's it going? Yeah, so much. And also showing us that communication happens in so many different ways, even deeper ways than worth our voices. Yeah. It's important to use our voices, but it's just so, there's so many other opportunities to share um, mm-hmm. connection. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, I uh, want to shift gears just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to ask you about a trip that we did back in 2016, all the way to the Philippines. Now, do you remember that trip? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It was epic. It was so happy and so magic. And so I feel like that a lot about points in my life, especially mm-hmm. since my children have come on into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that, yeah. And I, I was thinking, yeah, ask the question you're going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if I have, I remember the right phrase. Yeah. That trip was just like epic. That was the first time stepping into Asia, first time experiencing a culture like that. And like the abundance of wildlife that was there, it was just mind blowing. Mm-hmm. But one thing that really sticks out to me, like I still hold on to this moment often. And like, I think about it often. And it was the day where we decided to go onto the zip lines and it was over the like 400 foot canyon yeah oh my gosh the highest one in all the philippines and i'm like are you sure it's (laughs) built properly (laughs) right oh my gosh i just you know i remember we're we're in our van and we stop and i don't even know who suggested it they're like let's stop let's go let's give it a try and i'm just thinking like oh no (laughs) 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 oh no 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 i can't do this And I'm watching people just like zip down, going super fast. And I'm just thinking like, what the heck? Oh no, we're going (laughs) to die. Like, it's the most terrifying thing ever. And I think it it was Owen who really, really wanted to go on. And Owen's your your oldest son, right? Yeah. And at the time, he must have been seven. Was he seven? Yeah. I think that was seven years ago. Wow. Might have been almost eight. But yeah, he's young. (laughs) Yeah. Too young, barely fitting in the harness, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) Right? And do you know why he wanted to do that? Like, do you know what kind of came over him? Or did you ever ask him about that? I I haven't, but I will when he gets back from his dad's. I I haven't asked what came over him, but as as an observer of his demeanor, (laughs) when he and i don't have any idea where he gets that sarcasm um (laughs) he gets an idea in his mind and he wants to do it himself and there's no stopping him there's Mm. no telling me no there's just determination this persistence this i have to experience this for myself and it's such a beautiful and empowering attribute to have but there's also like don't mess with him like he's stubborn and it you just got to give them the space and time to grow. And like an example is like, I can remember the first time I knew this about him is when he's learning to crawl mm. and he like had baby sweat coming off of his whole forehead. And I just was watching him and I wanted to move the toy closer. And I just was like, you can't, you just got to like watch, hold space and sit beside him and watch him. And I could tell like, if he could talk, he was just like, his face was so determined. And when he picked it up, he is just celebrating and it, you could tell the breakthrough in his little body and his mind. And he just always seemed like that type of, of child, like from the beginning, even in, in me, like I had a dream and he told me his name in the dream. And I knew we had this strong connection, which helped me pick out his name. But yeah, it, it, it's, our relationship is very phenomenal. It's definitely like we've had more lifetimes together. He's even said that to me before. Like, I think you were my friend in a past life, mom. And, uh, but he seemed annoyed to be in a baby body and very annoyed that he couldn't speak. He'd cry and feel like you could just tell he's frustrated. Like, are you kidding me? This is how I start out. (laughs) 
And uh, once he started, like, he was always very, I, I want to say ahead of the game, but, like, determined. Determined to, like, I'm going to learn this now. I'm going to get to the next step. And the next step, like, milestone, milestone, milestone. And always doing it, figuring it out for himself. Like, taking toys out of my hands, which seems rude. But it, he means it in a way, like, I, I need to figure this out. Mm. And I, I know how to do this. And he's the type of person that you just wait. And he rarely asks for help. He just wants you to hold space for him. Yeah. And that same thing with the zip line. I, there was no stopping him. And my logic in my brain, I remember, I forget exactly what he said. I'm trying, I, I feel the part I remember was he's like, I'm going and you can't stop me. That's what I remember him saying. <laughs> and I wow. agreed. But do you remember him saying something different? Yeah. So how it kind of plays out in my mind is that, you know, we're, we're in that lobby area. We're watching everyone go down the zip lines. We're, we're checking prices. I think Ben and Rachel were like, oh yeah, it's cheap. Oh my gosh, let's do yeah. it. It's going to be great. <laughs> and, um, like, yeah. And I'm just like holding my stomach, trying to prevent it from like quivering. I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And it then, was oh, high. it was, oh my gosh. I still and think long. about it. And, uh, there's like Owen just being like, oh my gosh, let's go. This is going to be so great. Oh my gosh, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And, you know, I, I somehow, I, I think I remember you being like, okay, well, if he's going, then I have to go. And yeah. I really don't want to go, but he's determined. So I have to go. And um, I don't know. I think seeing you kind of go through that process was kind of like, well, if Owen can go and Owen wants to do this and I'm like, how many years older than him? <laughs> yeah. I should be able to do this as well. So, so somehow that courage just kind of permeated into me and I just held on to that thread, the thread of courage that he gave me. And I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> and then we're, we're, we're walking towards, you know, like the, the hill that we go up there and I'm just you know, shaken, you know, going and going and Owen's right behind or right in front of me and you're right uh, in front of him. And I remember just asking him, like, aren't you scared, Owen? You're like, well, aren't you scared of this? Like, I'm very scared. And he's like, no, I think the worst part's just going to be the beginning and then everything's going to be great. Right. <laughs> That's my, so true. That's life advice. <laughs> my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> or the ground, the, the the pebbly ground. I my I just was like, oh, oh, I guess that's right. Okay, and I've held on to that my whole life. The Dear Brambling Podcast is also in association with Universal Art Expressions and the Body and Mind Power Mentorship Programs. Sometimes the world is a confusing place of uncertainty. Memories of the past can make it scary to trust our own choices. Perhaps you've tried counseling and therapy and your issues still feel unresolved. You notice patterns keep repeating or you don't feel safe, seen, and heard in your intimate relationships. 
You can be held in a container of acceptance and safety for all of you and find a new way forward to navigate life's challenges. Universal Art Expressions and the Body and Mind Power Mentorship Programs are provided by Sarah Helton, who is a Reiki practitioner and ceremonialist, a space holder and healing mentor, a healing arts curator, facilitator, and artist, as well as a dream guide. If you'd like to inquire more about any mentorship programs with Sarah Helton, you can do so by visiting bodyandmindpower.com. The worst part is always the beginning, but then the rest is going to be great. Owen Wolf. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I remember yeah. I, I told the Chase that when he started his new school recently, and I, I got to give Owen credit for that. It's the uncertainty is always scary. And also the fear of death is probably apparent there. <laughs> but that was my logic. I was like, I don't want to live without Owen. If anything happens to him, I'll never forgive myself. But if I go with him, I'll die too. So there, that solves that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're going to miss Chase, but he's a baby. <laughs> oh my gosh. A little morbid, but I get you. It I is get morbid. You. <laughs> that was what I needed. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was his words that shocked me, but pushed me onto that zip line. And I had my eyes closed for most of it, but I did open them up for a split moment. And this is one of the very few split moment memories that I have in my life where I just absorbed the view of that beautiful canyon for a moment. And I was like, whoa, and then closed my eyes. Couldn't yeah, do yeah. it anymore. I was like, oh my god, no, no, no. But he, he said that to me while we were ziplining. He was like, Mom, Mom, open your eyes. <laughs> so yeah, I was right there with you. Wow, right? And what an incredible memory. Yeah. But it really jumps me forward into asking this question, like, what are some of the things, like we were mentioning uncertainty, but like, what are some of the other things that get in the way that prevent us from being brave or courageous. Yeah, our minds, our ego, our fear of being hurt yeah. or not accepted. It's always to do with fear. Some form or somehow, some ways, we have these conditions that if we perceive failure, we're maybe not enough or we mm. won't be accepted. And I don't even really identify with failure anymore. I don't. I don't think it's a word that I really engage with my vocabulary anymore because failure to me means you know the end and giving up Mm -hmm. and not trying ever again so if i know i'm not going to give up and that's different than quitting something and trying something else or just realizing it's not for you it means like if you're not going to give up especially on yourself there's Mm -hmm. no failure there's no such thing as that it means uh and same with rejection. Maybe you're afraid of rejection of some kind if that's perceived in your in your conditioning. If you perceive those things as rejection as a redirection instead, it becomes easier to take the next step or at least to process the emotions that you might be feeling in those moments of like, oh, that didn't work out the way I thought. Wow, that's well said. You're making me think of the uh, conversation I had with my friend Megan about addiction where we talk about the difference between lapse and relapse Mm. and it's part of the uh, change cycle and um, lapse is essentially where it's a word we use to describe when we are going on a journey and 
we have a goal at the end, and then we fall off the path. And lapse is going to be used mainly when you choose to get back onto that path. Ah, right? Right. Relapse is when you fall off that path, and then you realize, ah, I like it better this way. And then you keep doing this behavior that's essentially, you've, you've determined that this behavior is actually very destructive, right? Yes. And that the whole purpose of that goal at the end of the path was to get you away from this behavior, but you tripped and fell and then you went back to that behavior and you're like, ah, I like I it this longer. way. stay longer. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I find that relapse has a lot of parallels to the word failure as well and how there's a lot of shame that is woven in with uh, the words and the terminology of failure and uh, relapse. Well, especially relapse because people with addiction they are perceived as people who chose to mess up their life, right? So there's a lot of shame in the word relapse. And then failure, there's a lot of shame societally and culturally in that because there's also like honor that's tied in with that. You know, you could, you've mm-hmm. dishonored your family or you're, you're a failure in um, all the potential that you once had. Mm-hmm. You know what? I like how you said that you don't have it in your vocabulary anymore because I'm kind of the same there as too. Um, I prefer the term blankness, which is a poetic term that was coined by Dr. Sarah Lewis, who's like a a professor at Harvard, and she wrote this book called The Rise, where she talks a lot about mastery and um, failure. She ch- chooses the term blankness because it's reminiscent of the blank page to a writer. Right. or the blank canvas mm-hmm. to the yeah. painter or the uh what's something for me the uh the blank recording um, <laughs> studio. studio you know what i mean like it, it really refers to the washing away of and then the starting of something new right mm. and there is a lot of fear in that because i, I like what you said there because it is that self-worthiness starts to like play a part in that and if you have an underdeveloped sense of self-worthiness then you're not going to think yourself worthy of this blank page, of this fresh slate, of this... This creation that you can make. Right? Yeah. That's really lovely. I, uh, I, I hear that. Now, something that also is coming to mind as we were talking about the things that get in the way of bravery is avoidance. That's mm. something that kind of just pops into my head. Like, sometimes even for myself, I think about back in grade 11 when life was very challenging for me that's when my parents decided to separate and i had to deal with all the traumas and pain that had to be associated with that when i go home and then going to school having a lot of academic courses for some reason and not being you know mentally capable of doing my homework of studying for tests i would just avoid i would skip the class and i had a huge problem with skipping back in grade Mm. 11 I was just like not doing it same right (laughs) (laughs) I have a definition of avoidance in um, my book called Atlas of the Heart is it okay if I read it to you please do Um, Dr. Harriet Lerner who's the author of Dance of Fear writes it is not fear that stops you from doing the brave and true thing in your daily life rather the problem is avoidance you want to feel comfortable so you avoid doing or saying the thing that will evoke fear and other difficult emotions. Avoidance will make you feel less vulnerable in the short run, but it will never make you less afraid. Accurate. Yeah. 
Do you have any relatability to avoidance that you'd be willing to share or? Yeah. Well, you're thinking I was reflecting a lot about it. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely have both, both dynamics. I have seen those patterns and tendencies in in myself. Mm -hmm. And also like speaking to the addiction of living through that within myself in various ways and um, overcoming various addictions. Now, Now I'm feeling or realizing like what impact addictive thoughts, thought patterns can have on your Mm. behaviors and that can be avoidant tendencies Mm. so not not speaking up your needs to the point where i feel like i didn't even know what i needed anymore because i was afraid and i think people pleasing comes in there when you're doing that and you're trying so hard to give so you can be accepted that you put everyone's feelings and needs before your own so that you don't even know really your identity or what you need or how to articulate that or how to meet your needs anymore um and that that in a sense is like the deepest form of avoidance that i've i've experienced Mm. and probably the hardest one to acknowledge and then forgive myself for uh because you you miss out on a lot and it it builds um resentment and resentment kills relationships but it also hurts you and i know guilt and and shame we're talking about these emotions and guilt shame and resentment they're labeled as negative right or even toxic but what i'm learning now is they can be positive because they're showing you where there needs to be some kind of boundary with within yourself and within another person that you need to voice Mm. it doesn't have to be a dramatic thing but it does need to be identified and if you're able to do that the resentment dissipates It, it served its purpose and then you don't really have that feeling of I'm ashamed of how I didn't act or I did act or how you treated me or how I let you treat me, right? And then that takes care of the guilt too. <laughs> wow. No, you're you're making me really think hard about this um this work that I'm currently doing. Um I'm doing a uh, men's holistic life coaching course and it's really centered around Thank you for doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I've got two weeks to go, a 12-week program, two more weeks to go. I can't believe it. But it's really inspired around um, Carl Jung's archetypal theories. Yes. I use that a lot in my uh, mentorship programs. This one's, uh, it's mainly curated towards men. Mm-hmm. So the archetypes that we're focusing a lot on are the magician and the warrior and the lover and the king. Mm. Um, the king is very masculine language to use but you know some people use the word sovereign to kind of just be a little more gender neutral there but one of the things that I discovered is um during my work is that I've got some really damaged warrior energy and avoidance is definitely one of the uh, symptoms of a damaged warrior one of the the things that is very prominent is letting people walk all over me because I am too scared of disappointing I'm too scared of upsetting other people. So it's the job of the healthy warrior to protect your kingdom. Mm-hmm. Is there any? Is there anything else that you can think of that could get in the way of being brave and courageous? Yeah, I feel courage is the heart. It's a heart-based energy. Cour, cour mm. is French. Mm. Yes, and okay. It also has rage in the word, courage. <laughs> 
So okay. it's kind of the energy of, I'll call it a sacred rage. Like, you know, when you're passionate about something, mm-hmm. but you know, you're not going to act on it, but you're, you're going to calculate and, and discern and you're, you're going to move forward in steps, but you're not going to break things and things like that. Mm. But you're, you're scared. You have fear present. It's no bravery and courage. There's no lack of fear. It's, it's, embracing the fear and leaning into the fear and getting to know it and doing something anyways from the heart because i'm passionate about something and i feel when that's disconnected when your mind is overrunning with these other memories from the past the past can prevent you from moving forward because you're living it's difficult for you to to heal from the past memories or or you want to like sometimes i've said i just want to take my brain out and put it on the nightstand because these things hurt me so much and you're in this energy of like, uh, like you want somebody to do something to yes. take the pain away. You want some kind of apology. You want justification. You want to see the karma. And that's all ego running the show. That's all, all these hurt feelings and times from the past that you weren't either able to defend yourself. You didn't feel safe to, mm-hmm. or you chose not to because before you weren't able to, and now it's led to, to these patterns. Right. Yeah. And so when you're in the mind, it's already a battlefield because there's two hemispheres. So there's always going to be like one's doing this and one's doing that. And there's probably more characters like we're talking about yeah. going on. So if I can remember to drop into my heart, it's a quiet space. And even just listening to it beating and listening to my breathing and feeling, focusing on the feelings instead, my clarity is much more present and... I'm able to kind of take a step back and see a bigger picture to discern, okay, what are my next steps being? How can I be courageous? How am I going to respond to this? Mm. That's where I actually have control is how I respond and react to things. Right. Everything else around me don't as much as I hate admitting this. I have no control over it, (laughs) but I'm learning that to let go of that and to have the faith I was speaking to at the beginning. Wow. You know, you're you're making me think of a poem. Can I read you a poem? Yeah, I love poems. Okay. <laughs> I wonder if you know where it's from. Ten okay. point you you'll get like bonus points if you can figure out where it's from. Ooh, bonus points. Yes. <laughs> There's no earthly way of knowing which direction we are going. There's no knowing where we're rowing or which way the river's flowing. Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane a blowing? Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes, the danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing. Dr. Seuss? It sounds like Dr. (laughs) Seuss, but it's not. That was actually from uh, Willy Wonka. Oh, close. <laughs> that's ah, what, that was my next guess. Right? That's um, Gene Wilder in, in the boat. <laughs> but, you know, you're just talking about, like, I want to put my brain on the nightstand so it can just stop thinking. Yeah. You can't, though. I, it doesn't work. <laughs> I've learned to love my mind more. <laughs> so, for me, that poem, it just embodies what it feels like to be anxious. Yes. And, The American Psychological Association defines anxiety as emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. Wow. Increased blood pressure. (laughs) 
<laughs> Does your mouth ever just stop working when you're A lot. talking? Lots of times. All day almost. Alrighty, my friends, I do hope that you enjoyed that part of the conversation I had with my cousin, Sarah Helton. I hope that you tune in next week for the next part where we're going to talk a bit more about what gets in the way of bravery and courage. And we are also going to dive into the uh, rapid fire questions. I don't want to spoil too much, so I am just going to zip my mouth up about what we're going to talk about. And uh, I do hope that you enjoy. Also, um, thank you, Sarah, for joining me for this conversation again. I really had a lot of fun chatting with you, and I do hope to have you back. Also, just a little shameless plug, but uh, don't forget to um, maybe check out my spoken word poem that is also releasing today called My Hooded Friend Named Grief. Let me know what you think of it. I'd really appreciate that. And of course, I hope you have a really lovely day, and to Brambling, I love you. The Dear Brambling Podcast is a podcast dedicated to my little nephew, to the next generation of humans growing up in this world, as well as to those who might be looking for a little more guidance in their life. It is hosted by me, Luke Benoit. The editing and sound design are provided by MB Productions, as well as Hideout Productions. The music that you're listening to is called Sunlight Cascading Through the Clouds by Artificial Music. If you'd like to follow me on any social media, I am on Instagram and Twitch at Lucatronosaurus Rex. And for those who are still listening this far into the podcast, I'd like to take a moment to really thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'd also like to say that if you are experiencing any difficulties or pain in your life right now, there is still no substitute for a trained coach, counselor, or licensed therapist. If you are committed to putting in the work and really trying to better yourself as a human, I definitely recommend that you go searching and shopping for the right coach, counselor, or therapist for you.